Hello, readers. Welcome to 20 Questions with Your Favorite Author, where we ask authors important questions like, why would you agree to be on this podcast? I'm Kelly Lynn Colby, Editorial Director at Curse Dragonship Publishing. Our guest this week is Anne Rose, literary agent who also writes YA under the name A.M. Rose. Anne has been fascinated with storytelling from a young age. She loves an unlikable character, even though she is incredibly likable herself. If she's not your favorite writer now, she will be after. Why, good evening, Anne, my friend. How are you? Hello, I am good. I love the intro. I, I got to see this before, but I wasn't live with you before. And I forgot to tell you how much I enjoy the new musical introduction. Thank you. We're like all professional and stuff. Like all that and stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> well, wait till I start asking you questions. You'll realize how unprofessional we're not. But, you know. I, I think I already know what I'm getting into. So... <laughs> We maybe have known each other for a few years, maybe. Just a couple, just maybe. a couple. Yeah. Sometimes I like stress about what questions I'm going to ask and how I'm going to do this down. With you, I had to be like, all right, what am I not going to ask her? <laughs> <laughs> like, where's like borderline inappropriate start exactly? <laughs> exactly, exactly. What was only between us that I need to keep secret? Let's see. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Tell my secrets. Shh. Nope, nope. It's all good. So... First question, where do you get your ideas? Where? Where don't I get my ideas, I think is a better question because I think I have so many ideas, it's ridiculous. And even my agent would say like, that's a great idea, but like, what's the plot? I'm like, you know what? Stop with all of your nonsense plot <laughs> talk, okay? Like, do you like the idea or not? So. I have plenty of ideas. I get them from everywhere, anywhere. <laughs> like my cat will give me ideas, like seriously, like so many. I have more ideas than I know what I, I could ever do with. I actually give ideas away at this point in my life because I just, I just have too many of them. I will never <laughs> write all these books. <laughs> so is that why you became a literary a uh, agent? So you could find more authors to write more ideas for you? Yeah. No, they don't write my ideas. <laughs> they write their story. If only that were the case. Only one day, one day I will hire someone to write all the stories I want. <laughs> After we win the lottery, because ghostwriting is not cheap. No. <laughs> no, no, no. So why did you start writing? That's a great question. So I initially started writing because my of my niece, and I think I've told this story on like different blogs and stuff. So I, I apologize if someone's heard it before, but really it was her. She had called me on the phone. I remember I was out shopping at the mall. This is when we could shop at the mall, right? Obviously years ago. And she calls me and I'm like shopping and she's like, Auntie, and she's just bawling. She's bawling on the phone with me because she's she read the, this book and uh, she was very upset that a character dies in it. And so I was like, girl, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to write you a book. I'm just going to write you a book. And so I did. And I guess that's kind of how it started. And then that book got published, actually. So it's kind of cool. So her book is out there. How ironic that the end of Road to Eugenica made my daughter cry. So um, that's kind of funny. That's amazing. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm so sad. <laughs> Was that the circle you were going for? Because it totally worked. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, 
You know, I still have a, I, ha I have another book coming out from that series. I just have to finish some things up and yes. we'll make that happen. And yes. I, I think she'll be very pleasantly pleased with that. So. Well, you know, she'll let you know. I, I hope so. Mm -hmm. I hope so. Mm -hmm. Let's see. You wear two hats in this industry, as many of us do. So why did you choose, of all the second hats to wear, because you're a writer first, right? Yes, sorry, am I nodding? Because I figure like I don't want to like interrupt your train of thought here, but yes, yes. Wait, 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 hold on. How long have we been friends? If you don't interrupt me, you won't get a word in. You know this. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but, so my question is, why did you choose to become an agent? That's a great question, too. I'm just going to always say that, I think. So um, <laughs> the reason I started interning when I was writing my novel, because I figured if I wanted to be serious about writing a novel and publishing it and getting it published, I should know exactly what it was that agents wanted, because that was the first step, right? Like that's you get an agent before you go to a publishing house, because, you know, that's the way it goes. Right. So I started interning um, with an agency and just kind of learning all about like the ins and outs you get to work with authors and I think that's really cool and we get to you know shape up books and make them like as best as we can so in a way I'm also an editor in a lot of ways so I kind of get to do that too so it kind of gives me the ability to do a little bit of everything and then there is like so much joy in finding like the right agent or, I'm sorry the right editor and author match like it's so cool when you like see them connecting so it's also like giving your babies away in a little bit of a way, but you know, you just share them with the world. So it's, it's really awesome. That's pretty cool. That's a good reason. So as an agent, what is on your wish list? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> so many things are on my <laughs> wish list. I have a long list of wish list items that is available on manuscriptwishlist.com. I think that's the official thing for it. Um, there is a link to it, I don't know, somewhere. I, I Google, internet search will probably find it for you. But like top of my wish list, I still would really love a YA book about two girls who are both running for class president, but then they fall in love. So that's really high on my wish list. I think that that, that would be fun. Right? It would be such a fun <laughs> story. You know, two strong females, like both, like this enemies to lovers thing. I just think that's amazing. Um, but aside from that, I really would love more uh, strong friendship stories. I really want stories that show women, you know, helping women and supporting each other. I really want stories that I would love more LGBT plus stories in my inbox. Please send me more of those. Um, just I want I want stories to tell me things that I don't know. So I, I want so many things. So many things. Send That's me that. my favorite part about reading, so it makes sense to me. <laughs> Let me experience things I'm never going to. I want to know. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Jess has a question for you. She wants Ooh. to know, how does being an author help you with agenting, and how does agenting help you with being an author? Perfect. Well, being an author first helps me understand, like, what author it kind of helps me understand like being an author right like so I understand the process of that it takes to get an agent I understand like the ins and outs and the, the trials and tribulations of querying because I've done it myself I, I understand the rejection behind it 
Uh, I think at a lot of times it helps too when we get editor notes from um, from editors that I can understand like what they're trying to say and how to help implement them in case the author doesn't. So it allows me to have that kind of be able to bridge that gap a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, and then also on the flip side, how does an agent to help me be an author? It kind of helps me kind of see where the industry is going in advance so I can kind of gear my projects kind of around like where I think I want to be and I could, but I guess I don't really do that. So I just write what I want to write. So I mean, I guess it technically it could help me, but I prefer to be stubborn and I prefer just to write what I want to write. So. That makes sense to me. Every time I try to write to market, it just doesn't work out for me. No. Every now and again for an anthology call out, the theme really inspires me, but that's a short story. You know, when it comes to like a whole book, eh, a little different. Exactly. I feel you. Let's see. We have... Let's see if I can get your name right. Anne Daly LeVue. Do you know who that is? I might be saying it wrong. She'll have to, or he will have to correct me. But how do you feel about authors who have self-published books? Should we mention it in the query if it's different from the one we're pitching? Uh, I think that it's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a self-published author first. I think as long as the book that you are pitching is not the book that you have already published, I think it's fine. Um, I. I don't think there's any reason to hide it. I don't think there's any, there's nothing bad about self-publishing. Self-publishing is a legitimate way to get your work out there. So feel free to add it into the query and, you know, let me know about it. I'll probably look it up. So who knows? You might get a sale. Never know. <laughs> if nothing else. That's awesome. Let's see. Uh, Kevin has a question. Do you feel that you want to pair authors with traditional publishers more or less than indie publishers? Or do you have a particular preference? Well, I think a lot of authors have the uh, authors want me to pair them with big publishers. I, I'm the I'm the key to the doorway to getting into a lot of those those different places. So authors aren't really in a position where they can send submissions straight to the big now four, right? So mm -hmm. I can help open those doors to those things. So I think that those are always, that's always the goal first is to try to get into those, those big, those big houses, because I think that's the author's goal, but it's definitely something that I will talk about with my authors first. And when we formulate a strategy of submissions. Um, so I, I do submit to big houses, medium houses, small houses, I across the gamut. So it's all part of the plan. Yeah, it makes sense. Because most of the really small publishing houses like ours, you can send it directly to us. Right. But if you want to send it to, you know, Penguin Random House, then you have to have an agent. So that, yeah. that makes perfect sense. And oh, and it's Anne Dale View. So awesome. Thank you, Anne. That was a great question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I forget what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say that that does remind me because a lot of the big houses did come out recently with like these open calls too to allow um, BIPIC, BIPOC authors to submit and, and those types of stories, which is great. But also if you don't have an agent either and you get an offer, it's really hard to negotiate that contract because right. big five publishing contracts or big four, I'm sorry, I keep saying big five, big four publishing contracts are, they're, they're tough. They're Publi thick. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're good contracts. Like publishers are in the business to negotiate on for their best interest, not for your best interest. And that's 
that's really the bottom line. That's where the agent comes in so we can help negotiate for the author's best interest. Makes sense to me. Yeah, those contracts can be crazy. So um, let's see, Dave has a question. He wants to know, so we talked about what you want to see. Is there anything that you're seeing too much of, too many tropes, too many genres? Is there anything that you're seeing too much of right now? So, well, I have my pet peeve, which I'll talk about in a second, but I won't start there. What I will start with is that- <laughs> I had one, by the way, Anne, it was my first. I was like, oh! <laughs> Thank you! Okay, well, we'll talk about that in a second. But I will say I've seen a lot of werewolf stories lately. I don't know why, but lots of wolf stories. It's just one of those things, I guess, that maybe everyone- got the same spark of inspiration from so I have no idea but lots of wolf stories lately um so that's been a trend that I've seen um not that I don't necessarily lean one way or the other when it comes to wolf stories if it's a cool wolf story then I'll ask for it if it's not a very interesting wolf story then I won't but you know that is one trend that I've noticed is wolf stories of things that I don't want to see are misogynistic stories, sexist stories, homophobic stories, racist stories. Like, I don't want any of that. So don't send that stuff to me. And I definitely do not want stories where it starts with the character waking up. I don't want it. <laughs> I got it on the bingo card now, finally. I'm like, look, there's one of the no stories. <sighs> yes, so it's, it's just one of those things. Like, I see it so often that it just does not spark any joy for me when I see that as the opening. It's it's too common. Um, it usually can also say that there's pacing issues down the line because that's where they're starting because it's not really the start of the story. So it, there's a couple of reasons why I don't particularly enjoy it, but yeah, it's just not my favorite. Not my favorite. Oh, oh you yeah. would have loved this one though, Anne, because it started with the prologue that started with the character waking up. And then chapter one, character waking up again. I was like, oh, <laughs> it was a whammy on that one. It was a double whammy. I thought it was funny. Triple whammy because um, sure of the prologue. prologue wasn't them waking up from a dream that was actually the dream. And then chapter one was them waking up for real. Oh, that would have been cool. But no, they were both real. Otherwise, no, okay. that would have been like a whole nother level of submission. <laughs> Bingo. Fair. That's incredible. All right, quick. I want to know, what have you read or watched lately that you've really enjoyed? I don't, I don't know. Um, oh my gosh. I read this, I read this book called The Collector that I thought was really fun recently. <laughs> oh, such a clever answer. Your money will be in the mail. <laughs> If anyone doesn't know, that's Kelly's book that she wrote, and I thought it was so fun. Lots of good girlfriend moments in there, which are totally my jam. So I really, 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 really like that. Um, I've been watching again because I've already watched it once. It's called Call the Midwives, and it's on Netflix. Yes. But it's like a period about women who are midwives in like the early, like 50s, 60s, and right after World War II. Yeah. Right, in um, somewhere in outside of London, and I just find it so fascinating. And it's women supporting women, which I love. And they also delve into some issues that we still are dealing with today in women's rights that I think is really fascinating the way they kind of like put it in there, but still make it period. So yeah, I, I'm watching that again because I really enjoy that. 
That's and awesome. Bridgerton was awesome. I watched that lately. It's totally not my jam, but I couldn't stop watching it. It was really good. I, of course, figured out who Miss, you know, Miss Mystery, I forget what her name is. I, I totally knew who it was by, like, probably the second or third episode. Like, I was like, oh, I know who this is. But, but yeah, good for I, you. I had no idea. Not until I the last scene. I still loved it. And Eloise is my favorite. Yes. Oh, of course she is. That totally Go makes figure. sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, awesome. who else would be my favorite? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, Kevin wants to know if you left a review for Collector. She did, Kevin, because she gets it, because she's a writer. I did. Yeah, Lady Whistledown. That's the name. Good job, Jess. Lady Whistledown. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. I was like, Lady Whispers? I couldn't remember. <laughs> It was funny because I've edited a few of um, those romances, and but I wasn't familiar with them. It wasn't something I normally read, so I wasn't. I didn't know all the tropes. I like had to look them up, and then watching them, I'm like, oh, there's oh, there's one, and oh, look, there it is again. Oh, yep, that's one. <laughs> it was like it covered like all of the rules. I just right. loved it. I love. I do love history. Like, I, I love reading. I, I realize that more and more, like, watching these shows and stuff, that I do love those periods that when we, like, historical fiction. I love historical fiction. But I also love it when there is, guess, a feminist spin on it. Like, that's <laughs> my favorite thing. Like, seeing how women were maybe overlooked in history or how just they, you know, were responsible for something that we didn't give them credit for. So those are really... Or just times when uh, that we don't explore very often and definitely from perspectives that we don't get to see. So those are the kind of historicals that I really, really love. Love. Awesome. See, you were scared of the questions and you did great. So here you go. I have one. If you could spend the weekend with one of your characters, who would it be and where would you go? Ooh. Okay. Well, is it, it's a, do I have to pick a, it from a book that's already published or can I do it from my no. no okay so I would totally pick Charlie but now I know who Charlie is but you have to tell the audience who Charlie right. is right so Charlie is a dead girl who is <laughs> sassy and just probably one of the funnest characters I've ever written mm-hmm. and um that book right now is out on submission so I'm really excited about that and hopefully we'll find it a good home because it's just a, a lovely story it's kind of like a YA the good place mm-hmm. a little bit I was actually really mad when uh, Julie and the Phantoms came out because I came up with ghost bumps I came up with ghost bumps. <laughs> That was mine way before that TV show came out. Remember, collective conscience, collective conscience. I mean, there's been Spidey since, since, you know, forever. So collective conscience. Yeah, Yeah. Charlie is awesome. She would be fun. I mean, if you ask my daughter, she would say Dylan. (laughs) Actually, I think he'd probably be my second pick. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I have to admit, I kind of had a crush on Dylan, too. Yeah. So that brings us to your novels, Road to Eugenica and Breakout. And they're both YA. Why do you love that genre? I think I love YA because it's a time when anything is possible, right? So anything is possible still. The world is your oyster. You have so many places you can go, things you can do, things to learn. There's just there's just so much going on that you're still kind of, and also still learning about the world, right? So I think it's just my favorite my favorite age group just because there's just so much that you're learning and growing and 
and all of those wonderful things. And obviously it has to end in hope because mm -hmm. if we don't end our stories, especially our kid lit stories, if we don't end them in hope, what are we telling kids? That, oh, well, all is lost, sucks to suck, let's give up now, right? So yep. why it has to have hope in the end. And I, that, I think that's why I love it too. Like I like why I like romance, right? Because it's like there, you always know there's a happily ever after. In a good mm -hmm. YA book, you always know that it's gonna end like on this high note. You, there's gonna be hope in some in some ways, some so. form. Yep, I love it. That's a great reason. Let's see, you you and I are about the same age. Let's say um, not close to Generation Z, yet you manage to keep up with the young people lingo. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> Do I? I don't know. Um, you I have, do. Well, I, have, I have now two teenagers in my house. So both of my children are teens now. One of them is about to turn 15 tomorrow. So they they do help out with a lot of those things. Some of the things they say, I'm like, what are you even saying? I, I have no idea. <laughs> and then I am still very close with my niece, who's now 21 like, I cannot believe she's 21. What? No, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around that. So she is an adult who can legally go to the bars now. And uh, so she always helps me out too. I talk to her sometimes when she's not, you know, too busy for me. Right? You're not cool yet. I'm, well, I was cool, mm -hmm. but now I'm not so much. I, I think I'll go be cool Back. again. Uh -huh. right? But she has to like graduate college and like find a job and then realize like really realize that adulting sucks. And then she'll be like, oh, she's still the fun aunt. And I'd be like, yes, yeah, I am. I'm still the fun aunt. Help me, aunt. Life's this adulting sucks. And you're like, I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let's see. We have a question from Cece Harrier. Um, Cece wants to know. Uh, is it okay to resubmit a project to agents if the story has gone through an extensive developmental line edit? So both de developmental and line edit. I think that it's okay for me. I can only answer for myself. Like some agents would probably be like, no, if I passed on it once, I'll pass on it again. And I mean, we do get hundreds and hundreds of queries all the time. So I could see that for myself, I can speak to, and that is, if a project has been reworked, then I don't mind looking at it again. I just would like you to just say it in your query letter because a lot of times I'll be like, I've seen this before. Really, I don't know why. I just have this memory of like ideas and concepts and stuff that come through my inbox. And so if I search and I find out that you did, I'll be like, well, why didn't you just tell me that you, you know, why are you sending me the same thing? Right. Mm -hmm. So if you just make a mention of it, like this has been, you know, developmentally edited since the last time I sent this out, then I'd be like, all right, cool. That makes sense to me. So, but yeah, like Ann said, it's good advice. Check on the agent. That's going to be different per agent. Like if, if I reject one, I, I don't want to see it again, but I give a lot of, um, if you get an R and R right, then yes, please revise it and send it back to us. We asked you for that, but so just, just find out by the agent. For the non-writery people, what's an R&R? &R? A revise and resubmit. So, and I give those out a lot. Like I just sent one out this week. So that's, that's, that happens as well. But I also don't get, we talked about this earlier. I also don't get 300 submissions a day like Anne does. So <laughs> if I got 300 a day, I'd be um, a lot quicker and send out a lot less R&Rs. Probably. Yeah. I, 
I do also give out R and R's, though I will say, and I have signed two, actually, authors so far on R and R's. So yep. they work. They do mm -hmm. work. Yep. So and you'll have to tell me because here's my thing. I also want to know if I could work with the author. Like that's part of the deal. We're we're actually going to build a relationship. Like you said, finding the author editor relationship. We're going to have a relationship. So part of that is also I like this, but it needs work. I don't. I need to know if I can work with this author. If I can, let's go forward. If I can't, then we're just going to torture each of us. So it's probably better not to. What What do you think about that, Anne? Absolutely. I think it's a. I mean, it's very important, and especially for me because I am not like a one and done agent. Like I sign for a career. I don't sign for the project. So in a project one doesn't sell, like we're going to be working on books together. We're going to be working on book two together. We're going to be working on book three together in some cases. So we're just going to keep working together until we, you know, get those sales going. So it's, it's really important to me that we kind of click and connect and are able to bounce ideas off each other and, and make things work. So mm -hmm. super important. Nice, nice, nice. Let's see. Anne wants to know, do you have stories that have main characters with mental disabilities? Is that something that's sellable? Yeah, I think that it's definitely something that publishing is looking for more stories from um, neurodiverse authors and stories about mental illness or mental health issues. I think that those are definitely stories that are still very much wanted and needed in the publishing landscape. Um, I I don't know if I would characterize some of the stories that I have like that, um, but I mean, no, no, no character is perfect, right? So we all we all have our issues in some respects. So, but definitely, if you if you think we would be a good fit together, then for sure, query me. Perfect. Let's see. <laughs> Kevin, <clears throat> Kevin Petway, he's one of my authors, and he wants to know if an author submitted to you who was also writing for a publisher who was a close personal friend of yours, would you tattle on them? Asking for a friend. Yes. No. <laughs> no, you know what? Even if she does, I don't care. Remember, we've talked about this before. We believe in hybrid publishing. So if yes. you go with Anne and Anne likes your work and thinks she can sell it and then she can get you a big publisher, heck yeah, man. We we all make more money that way. What's the problem here? Yeah, it's all win-win in those case scenarios, right? So right. if, yeah, so I, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'd call it tattling. I would probably be like, oh my God, did you get to see this book that Kevin sent me? <laughs> You just better send her a good one, Kevin. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I have high expectations now. So, I mean, if you've been working with Kelly, then I have high expectations. <laughs> uh, the man's hilarious. You would love his humor. Um, let's see. What, well, you talked about that. What is the first thing you want to do when it's safe to do things again? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I'm so. You must have a list. I'm <laughs> Um, so actually the first, one of the first things I'm going to do, it's on my, it's on our calendar, right? Yep. Like I'm getting my second shot coming up this week and Kelly and I are going to go get tacos. So that's it. It's going to be an eight hour lunch. I'm just warning everybody in my life now. It's going to be amazing. So mm -hmm. I, I, that's what I, I want to go get some tacos, but I'm, I have not really gone anywhere or been anywhere to do anything or seen anyone. So I'm, I'm really nervous about what's out there. Yes. You'll be fine. I promise. 
talking from the one who is now two weeks in. I have a lunch date tomorrow with a friend who's also two weeks in. So let's let's begin. Let's begin the again again. So going to see people again. I like that. That's a good goal. I want lots of hugs. Lots. Yes. Hugs. I'm still nervous about hugs, though. Even vaccinated. It's something it's like something has changed in the brain now. So we can do I don't back know. to back hugs. I was watching Grey's Anatomy and they did a back to back thing. And I thought it was so and like it was so powerful. I love Grey's Anatomy. I don't care. I've watched every single episode since like the beginning of time. So yes. I don't know. If we see each other first before getting haircuts, our hair might all get tangled if we try to do back to back. That is true. That's okay. They can just cut it out. It doesn't matter. It'll totally work. We'll just it'll, it'll we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Um Let's see, what is a deal breaker in an author-agent relationship? Do you have a deal breaker? I don't, I don't know. What is a deal breaker? I guess, um, I mean, if, I think that you should, if, okay. I think that if there are problems in the author-agent relationship, I think you should be able to communicate it and have a conversation beforehand. I think that if you go and search for another agent before talking to your current agent about having problems with your agent-author relationship, I think that is a deal breaker. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that sounds very fair to me. It's like going out to find the next boyfriend before you break up with your first boyfriend. And I just, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't think that's very nice. And I'm really easy to talk to. It's not very professional. Yeah. And I mean, I I make it very easy for my authors to talk to me and have conversations. And I make it very clear, especially like if you think there's a problem, if you have, if there's ever a time where you're like scared to come talk to me, then you need to come talk to me because that means we have a problem and we need to fix that. So. Yep. Nope. That makes sense to me. But, uh. Yeah, I mean, it's professional. And one thing to keep in mind is it's a very small world, this publishing thing. You would think it'd be bigger, but we tend to run into each other all over the place. So we'll, we, we, we talk a bit, maybe eight hours with tacos next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. It's been too long. Um, let's see, which do you prefer, jeans or leggings? I mean, what's the situation? Like, right now I'm wearing my leggings, so... And I haven't left my house for like a year, so I'm only in leggings. Um, but I mean, I do wear jeans occasionally, I guess, when I go out. If I if I have like a lunch day, I'll probably wear jeans when I go see Kelly because I'm going to have to dress up because I'll have to wear right. clothes. Actual shoes, you know. Yeah, so um, so I like I like both, but I, ha- I like flare jeans. Not mm. boot cut, not skinny, flare. I don't know. You've been exercising so much over the past year. I'm not sure if you have any jeans that fit anymore. I do. I have jeans that fit. Okay. All right. <laughs> I All promise. Right. All right. I'm going to see. We're going to test this out. I want to see. Let's see. Um, yeah, Zafo says pants are the enemy. Uh, I'm afraid I'm with them on this one. Let's see. I did just get, speaking of pants, because, you know, this is so important. It I isn't. Did That's get... what this podcast is about, the important things. I got these pair of joggers. They're called, they're from Zaya. I don't know if anyone has heard of Zaya, but I was so skeptical of these joggers. I was like, I don't know. These joggers are expensive. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to spend that much on like a pair of pants. And they are the best thing ever. Like every day, I'm like, hmm, what should I wear today? Oh, I should wear my joggers. So I have one pair, and I've got now. I'm like washing them all the time because I like want to wear them all the time. They're so comfortable. They are the best pants ever. 
That's fantastic. And if you need a Zaya rep, then one of my clients is one. So <laughs> Ooh, we can make it all happen. We can make it happen for you. Yeah, I think I got a top because I need a top for my current jogging career. I mean, I want to call it running, but it's definitely not running. Girl, but I someday. cannot run. I cannot run. But go ahead. You have questions. Go. Ah, uh, this is the fun part. Oh, sorry. Is there an audience? I forgot. There are people here. Let's see. Dave wants to know, do you help your clients decide what project to do next? Yes, we do. We talk about it ahead of time. So a lot of times my clients will come to me with like a, like a list of ideas, you know, and it's just like me that I was talking about at the beginning of this conversation, which is they'll come with a list of ideas and I'll be like, these are great, but what is the plot? So I become that person <laughs> that I hate. <laughs> Your agent is listening to this right now going, ha ha ha. I know, Ava, I love you. <laughs> but, um. She, yes, yes. So I become that person. And I'm like, okay, well, I, this is a great idea, but what is the plot of the story? So we'll, we'll go back and forth and try to like hammer things out and figure out like what the best next move is. And sometimes I have authors, I have one author that is like not happy unless she's writing like five different things at once. And so she's got like all these different projects going all the time. And, I, and then she'll like text me a question. I'll be like, Hey, wait, hold on. Which project is this for? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> give me, you got to give me a clue. I don't know what this is. Let's see. <laughs> um, yeah, the audience is having fun. Kevin says it's the best show so far that wasn't all about him. <laughs> That's Kevin Petway, my author. I adore him. Okay. When he sends you a book, let me know. Okay. Um, oh, here's the important one. I told you we were going to ask because it's required. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Okay. So I've been really thinking about this one mm -hmm. and I have many, many favorite flavors of ice cream, but I think if we had to like narrow it down and I could only pick one, I'm going with Cherry Garcia from Ben and Jerry's. Nice. I'm surprised you didn't choose something with coconut in it. I like coconut flavor. I don't really like coconut as coconuts gotcha like the texture so um but no but a coffee would be a good close runner-up i love coffee ice cream i love mint chocolate chip ice cream there's literally not a single flavor of ice cream that i do not like so <laughs> oh which reminds me i have a carrot cake muffin recipe with no pineapple in it so i'm gonna try it this week i have to bring you some will definitely have to bring me some so I guess pineapple ice cream would not be something I would choose but <laughs> no. pineapple. let's see what is the first thing you put in your grocery cart as an impulse buy well if it's an impulse buy then I don't have any plans for it so I couldn't tell you what that was <laughs> so you're trying to say that your impulse is an actual impulse it is. <laughs> and I don't remember the last time I've pushed a shopping cart. So <laughs> I do all my shopping online now. So I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. For the well, record, all the authors who have been on are now in the chat saying what their ice cream was. Oh, okay. I know. And we, you know, we have had a lot of coffee and a lot of mint chocolate chips. So I think that's kind of cool that you, uh, that, that you also mentioned those two, but Jerry Garcia is a great answer. Just likes that answer. She agrees with you. 
It's a good ice cream. Fish food is also a very close runner-up in the Ben & Jerry's line. P-H-I-S-H food, fish food. Oh. oh, you had me really worried for a minute. <laughs> no, I'm not eating fish food. <laughs> What's your secret diet plan? Will you see? <laughs> no, I eat a lot of ice cream. I do. My my whole, I have no diet. My diet plan is I don't diet at all. I just, I, I'm just on the exercise. A lot, a lot, a lot. So I ended up watching like Moxie on the elliptical because I had like my headphones on on Netflix. I was watching Moxie and I ended up going like 15 miles. <laughs> wow. Well, first of all, great movie then. I need to write that down, huh? I wanted to read the book first. I haven't got to it yet. You have a copy? I have a copy right here if you need it. Yeah, I'll borrow it. We'll trade you. You give me the book and I'll give you the muffins. Awesome. I'm going to need it back, though, because Jennifer signed it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think I went with you to the launch that she had. Did you go? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. I was like, I think we went to that one together, Mm -hmm. didn't we? We did, but she ran out of books very quickly. So that's a good thing when you're an author, right? It's good. Very good thing. What part of your, well, I think you've kind of answered that, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What part of your daily routine is an absolute must? My exercise, I have to, <laughs> I work out every single day. So that has become my only thing that I do every day during the pandemic that uh, has given me any kind of like, I don't know, sense of normalcy, I guess. I feel like I have, that's something I just like have to do every day. So I get on the elliptical and sometimes I'll, I watch movies, like I was watching Moxie, but a lot of times I read submissions on the elliptical. So I read, I read lots of books or I have my Kindle read to me and which can be a little confusing because it reads to me in British. And so don't ask me why, I don't know why, but it likes to speak British. And so a lot of the character names like are probably different than what they really are, but who knows? That all works, it all works out. Yeah, I had like a a story from Australia I really wanted to use in the anthology, but I had to tell her, you don't mind if I switch this to American English, right? She's like, no, no, I don't care. I'm like, but I had to ask, I need to make sure you don't mind, so. It, it's amazing. Just those little differences. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. If we have any other questions from the audience, please put them up. What? But I know we got through 20 questions. That's how good we are. We because were, we're awesome. We actually asked more than 20, but who cares? It's awesome. I was going to so, say, we, could do, we can go over 20 and like a really do double duty. Like totally rebellious. Um, let's see. How about, well, first, let's see. Where can fans find you and your work? Where can you find me? Everywhere. Um, where you can find me is on a Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Anne M. Rose is my handle. I have a website for my author stuff, which is amroseauthor.com. Oh, my gosh. Too many things in my head. I am also on the Prospect Agency website. If you're looking for me agent-wise, I'm on Manuscript Wishlist, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, if you Google Anne Rose, you'll find me. So <laughs> I do come up in web searches now. So <laughs> she's there in wonderful places. So now that Anne is your favorite writer, please make sure to review her books. Also, please review this podcast. And you can also follow us on Twitch or subscribe to us on YouTube. We'd love to hear what you think. And we will see you next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, where we will have Todd Tinker, who is a writer and a editor on next week. Thank you very much. Good night. Thanks, everyone.